my basement, everybody. We have an amazing guest on the show today, my friend David Jaffe, who I met during the God of War days. So I think that takes us back about 20 years or something at this point, doesn't it? Getting there. No, Twisted Metal, I must have met you. I, yeah, I think it was Twisted Metal 95. So whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. At an E3 or an yeah. industry party or GDC. Were you at the very? Were you at the very first E three? I was. I yeah, was at the very. Had, that's where we had Twisted Metal. It was. It was amazing. So that's probably where we met. Yeah, dude, it was very cool. I was at that first Sony PlayStation party where Michael Jackson was at, and they gave out the Polygon Man T shirts. I didn't the... even go to that one. You, you, you were you were a big deal. I wasn't. No, it was. You know, I was at the. I was at the exact right place at the right time. This I, biz- you know, what I actually heard though is if you got an invite to the Michael Jackson party, it was because maybe Michael Jackson wanted something from you. If you, know oh. you. so that's okay. You know, I, that that's a weird badge of honor. That that, so. It was a weird badge of honor. I, you did know, I meant did he actually play? He performed? Uh no, he played games. He walked wow. around and played games, and and uh, it was like we were um, watching royalty, like truly the Prince of Pop was walking yes. by, you know. I saw waving at the I minions. I saw the PlayStation Two launch party, which was in L.A. at that uh, place called like it was some weird place up off Sunset. Yeah, and and they had a whole area roped in for VIPs, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you know, and I'm like, well, I fucking design a lot of these games. Can I get in? No, you're not a VIP. <laughs> So Bill Maher's in there, yes. you know, uh, flirting and, you know, smoking pot and playing video games. And then like a couple years later, he's on his show talking about how video games are like stupid and how people. I know. Stupid. And I'm like, motherfucker, you were at the goddamn PlayStation e- launch party. Everybody was. And that used to drive me crazy. We were out there with a camera interviewing celebrities about the games that they cared about and played and loved. And some of them were awesome. Like uh, right. I remember Julia Stiles was a big Street Fighter oh, wow, fan. Okay. And, uh, you know, some of them were re- truly awesome. You know who was a huge game fan that I talked to was... Uh, uh, the guy that plays Kurtwood Smith, I think, the guy that plays Red on '70s Show. Oh, the, uh, in RoboCop. The, and from RoboCop, yeah, yeah, yeah. he loves Rainbow Six. You know, oh, that's awesome. It was really oh, cool to awesome. to meet celebs that that was our way in, and yeah. you'd be surprised that a lot of them were really into that. But every once in a while, we would encounter somebody, usually at a like a huge cool event like a PlayStation party. And they were dissing games. It's like, what the hell are you doing here? This is right. so. Um, I'm this... here for the chicks and the booze and the food and the the, the gift bag, I guess. But well, it uh... drive me crazy. It would also drive me crazy that I would hear stories that developers that were actually building the properties that these yeah. parties were supposed to be celebrating couldn't get into their own damn yeah. party. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it, it, when you <clears throat> you have a little perspective on it, you understand. I mean, that party is not really celebrating you. Yeah, that party's a marketing event that's meant sure. to get. Us magazine to take pictures of people coming in. They don't right. give a fuck about, you know. Oh, look, that's the guy that did the particle effects on Twisted Metal. Sweet. <laughs> who's, who's on his arm tonight? Nobody gives a fuck, you know. So. I gave a fuck, and that was what my whole idea was with this with right. EP was to go and find out how you guys were making this magic that was in You know, and I've been doing this for over twenty five years at this point, and that's what I'm really recognizing is that it was always about um, just you know, tapping into that creative spirit and that drive, especially when you guys are making it up and like figuring it out, but you had this grand ambition. It's always been so unbelievably inspiring to me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It has. I mean, you guys. No, I mean, I, 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 all I can tell you, sir, is that the reason I'm even responding that way is because I have, you know, 
as I've gotten older, and I'm sure you've encountered this too, because I, I, you know, you don't, you, if you're like me, you don't feel your age, right? Like I don't walk around feeling like I'm almost 50. I still feel like I'm 18 years old walking across the stage, high school graduation, ready to go out and take on the world. Right. Totally. Um, but truth be told, you know, we are getting older and the stuff that we've worked on over this long span, kids were coming up consuming it. Yeah. And so now I have a lot of people coming up to me today saying, oh, you know, the one I hear a lot, which is makes me both proud and uncomfortable is like, oh, thank you for my childhood. You know, and they're talking about Twisted or God of War or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, especially because they shouldn't have been playing those when they were kids. Oh, one guy told me last <laughs> night on the stream, uh, somebody called. It was so great. Somebody called in on the stream and was like, why did you put the sex scene in God of War? I and, just uh, watched that. Yeah. Like, and I, oh, and holy I, crap, was that uncomfortable? Well, yeah. And it was first I said, well, have you guys, I was explaining he was doing, he was like having mind numbing, you know, he's drinking a lot and fucking a lot. And basically like he didn't want to think about this awful thing he had did. Yeah. Um, and I, but I asked the guy, I said, maybe you can't relate. Have you ever had sex before? And, and it was just a long fucking pause. He's like, <laughs> uh, he's like once. And it was even like a question at the end. It's like, was, <laughs> was that sex? Was, was, was it in the vagina? Or was I fucking a fold of fat? I don't know oh, where, where it was going, but it was going somewhere. But anyway, um, <laughs> My point, Victor. It's a different Vic's basement this week, by the way, everybody. That's right. This is the this is the, this is the sub basement. This is below. I love um, it, man. I, I, this but, is what I yeah, wanted. But um, shit, what were we talking about? So why didn't I get off that train? Um, um, oh, with this kid. Yeah. So right. So these people will. Oh yes. So he said, um, I used to masturbate to the tits in God of War. Wow. And I said. I said, well, that's kind of great, I guess, but why didn't you just go on the internet? And he's like, we didn't have the internet. And there was a couple of people in the chat that were kind of going, yeah, you know, that's what we did. Yeah. But anyway, regardless of the point is though, is that, yeah, you, you look around and you say, holy cow, we've been doing this for a long time. And it's really interesting to see, because I imagine you get it too. I imagine Tommy gets it too. It's like, dude, I, I couldn't wait every week to watch your show. Uh, yes. And it's it's kind of weird. It's cool, but it's weird, you know? Yeah, it, you know, and I'm sure you're, it's like like this with you. It's like you never thought of that when you started your path. It no. was ne- You never had an understanding of the, uh, in, the influence or the reach or that anybody would give a shit. And then when they, that gets back to you, it's so rewarding and a little terrifying, but it's, it's, it's amazing. What, well, what I will tell you is, so, I mean, I grew up obsessed with movie makers, obsessed mm-hmm. with Spielberg, obsessed with Lucas, you know? Yeah. And when I met, I finally met them when I was in uh, at USC and they came onto a set that I was directing a movie on and, you know, I invited them on and they came on cause they were, I, they were at the stu- uh, school that night and I was so fucking starstruck. I mean, I, I barely remember it, you know, but so what's interesting though is, so I have that perspective as being a fan of someone who created stuff that really meant so much to me when I was growing up. Yeah. But when I have people come up to me and talk about the stuff me and the team have created, because I'm always quick to say, look, it's not just me. There's a lot of us that did this stuff, but I, on behalf of all of us, I appreciate it, you know? Um, But it, it, it's so weird because you'd think I would have had a perspective of, oh, well, yeah, I guess we're doing this for them, like Spielberg and Lucas, not that we're at that level of talent or success, but, you know, we're making entertainment right. that that we did, that they did for us. But it just, when you're the one doing it, it doesn't feel that way. It just feels like you're making stuff that you think is cool yeah. and you're lucky it hits and you can pay your student loans and you go into the next thing. 
And little do you know, you're planting these fucking seeds in people's heads that mean a lot, which is wonderful. Well, on the outside, it. it always did. And I want to dive deeper into this, but I have to uh, thank our sponsor, first of all, because these guys have been an amazing support to uh, EP, The Rundown, and now Vic's Basement as well. And this is uh, the Gaming Stadium. They are Canada's leader in online esports tournament facilitation. They've got tournaments happening every weekend. You guys got to check them out and don't miss out on the action. All you got to do is head to tgs.gg and tell them that Vic from Vic's Basement sent you. All right. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about this. Um, you know, a, awareness a, a, about game development because yep. I'm reading Ready Player Two right now. Which I heard it's terrible. I love it, the first one. Love the, first the first one's first... incredible. And I love the, second the book. book yeah. it, has got issues because we're kind of treading over familiar territory in a way, you know, like there's a bit of like celebrating what was successful. Okay. So I can't quite, I don't have a review of it yet, but what okay. I am recognizing is that uh, Ernie Klein just dives into these types of details and he fetishizes the, the creation of a lot of this stuff. We saw that in the movie. We see that in the first book. And I think that there are generations of individuals out there that really want to dive deeper into this, and they have a really devout appreciation for what it takes to craft this work. And so I, I, I feel like we have needed to celebrate game development for a lot longer than we have. And I, I feel like what we're doing is we're we're letting go. I mean, there's people that are, are retiring or they're passing away. And we like I, I work with students every once in a while at the Vancouver Film School and I talk to them about the stuff that they're working on. And I see twin stick shooters all the time. None of them know who Eugene Jarvis is. Right. And, oh man, yeah. Right? And and you know and that's a, like that's a total heartbreak for I me. I tried to steal Eugene Jarvis to work on uh a Sony game, a PlayStation One game. Amazing. From, uh, yeah, and he's like, oh, I'm real happy here in Chicago. But he was real flattered that I would call him. I'm like, dude, I'm doing a shooter. You want to come work on it? And he's like, but yeah, no, he's he's awesome. He's fucking awesome. So yeah, if you're if you don't know Eugene Jarvis, kids, it's 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 Robotron and Smash TV and Defender yeah. and Stargate. Yes. Yes. And now I think he's got a company called The Game Mechanics, right? That does arcade cabinets that are like Roth David Rose. Buster's. What's that? Raw Thrills. Raw Thrills. That's yeah. right. Oh, they had a great vehicle combat racing game that has the skull on the uh, the shift. Have you seen this? I, I don't remember what it's called, but it's really fun. He is but. working. I, I, he's working on. Um, he told us what he was working on. He, he just did it some big Halo thing. He gets all the big right. licenses because right. he's right. the only game in town, right? So he That's gets right. uh, uh, Jurassic Park and Halo. and, and Yeah, he, he was... does all the big Dave and Buster cabinets and shit. Yeah. They're awesome. And he's doing awesome. something in VR right now. And we, I had him on the show not too long ago, and we talked about oh, nice. Indiana Jones, and his eyes lit oh, up. Could yeah, you imagine yeah, yeah. an, an yeah. Indiana Jones arcade experience? Yeah. But anyway, so I, I fully support the idea of people that love this business and yeah. – it, it's growing by leaps and bounds to learn more about the people that make them and to idolize these people, you know, not to put them on pedestals, but to know who they are and to respect the hell out of them. Because what we're missing right now, brother, it, we grew up and came up in this business. Remember when PC Gamer used to come out with the PC Game Gods and it was infuriating and insufferable. Absolutely. But it put it put names on humans that were putting these things together and now there is yeah. this absence of understanding who's doing any I of this i just stuff. think it's dangerous though sure. I, I i think it's 
because what it really does is it, I, and honestly, that's one of the reasons I do love streaming, you know, right. is normalizing what is ultimately a job. Um, right. And it's hard and it's stressful. And no matter how much success or failure you've had, you never know if what you're working on is, is going to work. Right. And, 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 you know, I I'm at PAX and I've got a line that, you know, people are waiting an hour and a half in to see me and get my autograph and people are coming up and they can barely talk. They're so, Oh my God. Oh my God. And I still go back to my hotel room and I called my wife at the time and I'm like, dude, I'm so nervous. I got to call my therapist and maybe get on anti-anxiety meds because I think this game's going to be shit. Yeah. Well, the game went out to be a, 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 a relatively decent size hit. Um, but still, so I, I think there's a danger when you, when you, when you treat people who create stuff. Um, I agree not putting on a pedestal. I know you're not saying that, but no. there's a danger of, of amplifying and sort of putting them through a filter that makes their day-to-day -day work life seem like more than it is. Um, okay. Because it's, it's just not that. I mean, when yeah. I was a kid, I would There's watch a craftsmanship it, about it, right? It, you it's guys all are like, there. It's all there is. And yeah. when I, you know, I was a kid and I, I worshiped at the altar of Steven Spielberg and I got so hurt, not emotionally, or maybe emotionally, but I, I got so damaged by the, because this was back when we were kids, we're around the same age, I guess. Um, yeah. PR wasn't PR. It was different. Like when they would send a behind the scenes crew to document Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom it was a more real raw look at behind the scenes. It yes. wasn't so much like, what's it like working with Spielberg? Oh my God, let me tell you, he's so great. Right. You know, but it was yeah. still a sense of, wow, their life looks so fun. You know, it looks so awesome, but you never saw Spielberg going back to his hotel suite going, I don't fucking know what tomorrow's shoot day looks like because, you know, uh, the actors can't do the lines. And I'm going to have to rewrite this tonight. And what if it sucks? And if it sucks, I'm not going to be able to, you know, whatever. I mean, it's like that part of it too, doesn't get told. Mm -hmm. And there's a documentary that just came out called raising Kratos a couple of years ago. It was about the making God of war Corey's right. Yes. Well, and I know a lot of the people who were in the documentary and I, I know them well, and it's so clear to see the editing tricks of the documentarian. And the documentarian gets a pat on the back and an attaboy and like, wow, you made a really emotional documentary. And it's like, yeah, but it's manipulative. Right. It's like, it's not real. It's like, you know, yeah, there were moments that those people were really stressed. But when you take those moments, they're talking about them and you lay a soundtrack underneath them yep. and you slow the frame rate down a little bit and it's a little bit more dramatic. People take that and go, oh, my life is just boring. That looks exciting. It's like, uh -huh. dude, it's yeah. tricks, baby. It's tricks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that shit, I don't. I worry about that. Well, it, it, I mean, that's um, that's a pragmatist kind of viewpoint on this. Somebody that's actually been in the trenches and developed all of this, right? Uh, but I think you also, you're an artist, and you probably appreciate reality to be able to interpret from, and so you respect other people's jobs, and I, and I have that too. I do. Um, but I also understand that we are uh, quickly forgetting a lot of the creative impetus that's out there. My, oh, well, I, that's that's a different thing. That's yeah. a very important thing. Yeah. But part of it is in, in exactly. I mean, entertainment tonight. You're old enough, to, like I am. To I used to what, every. It was, was like it was awesome. Yeah. It was yeah. like going to church. It was and just you like thought you were getting the inside. Dirt, totally. You know? it's yes. like I, I couldn't get variety in Alabama. So it's like, Mary Hart, tell me what's the box office this week. And I thought yes. I knew something, you know? Yeah. So, well, yeah. it used to be amazing. And, and yeah. they, 
were, you know, a champion of the glamour, but they also brought us inside, you know, and we got to know a lot of these folks and these people. And then that's kind of shifted into more trashy kind of garbagey stuff out there. And I don't want to see that happen with games at all. I don't want to see heightened drama. But I definitely we're not wanted... that in, we're not that interesting. Can you imagine <laughs> we we were following Corey Barlog today. I think he ordered a pastrami <laughs> sandwich from the uh, place next to the promenade. I don't know. We'll have to, you know, uh, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. my fear is that we live in this era where everybody wants to be a streamer. But who wants to make the games that are they're going to stream? You know, like we I all used know to who... want to make the games. Now I want to do the streaming. I, right. I know. And that's what's an interesting perspective. But yeah, like it concerns me that Tim Sweeney is basically unknown, but everybody knows Ninja, you know, like that sure. seems weird to me. Yeah, it is maybe. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is. Even though I believe very much and and i i find it the height of hypocrisy when a lot of these journalists will cover crunch like it's a bad thing right crunch is absolutely an awful thing i've been through it it's terrible but it's what is necessary to make the donuts it's what is necessary to create something that is at least an attempt at greatness sometimes the donut makers have to crunch too that's a yeah well, but don't tell me when you were doing Electric Playground and all, even what you're doing, all this, you guys crunch too. You guys, because you oh, yeah. love it yeah. and you want to be the best. And so even these these writers at places like Kotaku and Polygon, I, I'd love, I know, I know Totillo is not there anymore, but I would love, it's like, okay, so you're telling me, Jason Schreier, that you don't, it's at five o'clock, the article's done. You yeah. do not stay up till two in the morning obsessing over Am I expressing this right? No, no, you just, no, five o'clock, fuck it, I'm going to bed. I mean, that is how you get to be the best in your field. And so I think with the Ninja comparison, um, th- to their credit, the games media has covered enough of crunch lately that I've seen a lot of people online going, I don't want to go into that job. Yeah. It sounds awful. Yeah. And it's wonderful, but it's also awful. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know it's not going to happen because there are lots of ways in and there's lots of incredible independent stuff out there. Right. Um, But, you know, it's certainly on my mind because my focus for my career has been to, you know, allow you guys to communicate and to tell us and to give us a a way into your creative process and and what drives you. So let's let's dive into that a bit. What what drove you from film school to making games? Well, I did not go to film school. I went to USC to go to film school. Oh, okay. But ironically, at least in my mind, it's ironic. I didn't have the grades to get into their film school because I spent most of my high school and junior high making movies. And so I didn't give a shit about school. I just wanted to be the next Steven Spielberg, right? So, but I did get into SC. I got a, uh, I'm like one credit short of a creative writing English major. Um, And I was out there. I had sold a couple of TV shows. They never got made, but you know, uh, they were cool. They were really cool ideas. Uh, so one of them was very video game-esque. Um, cool. And I was waiting for those to take off. And I didn't know at the time that just because you sell a TV show doesn't mean you're going to make it. Um, so what happens with a good idea like that? Does it just sit in purgatory forever? I mean, well, they were so general that, I mean, I think if if, if it was a, if it was a, it, these were nonfiction, these were reality shows. Okay. So it, it's not as if I had crafted 20 characters and those rights reverted back to me or anything. Gotcha. 
Uh, but no, one of the shows I did was called Manhunt, and it was really cool. It was uh, a mix of American Gladiators and Laser Tag and uh, LARPing. And it was all on the back lot of Universal, and I sold it to Universal. And so every week, you would have a cast of characters that were kind of stunt athletes that would play roles depending on the set we were using, like Nazi Germany, or uh, you'd have to go back and rescue a spy behind enemy lines or How whatever. Cool. It was very cool. And, and, and so, uh, you know, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but they bought it and we tried to make it and nothing ever happened. But the coolest part though, was they said, okay, well, we want you to come up with like the first season of episodes. So you can go to the back lot. I took my best friend, my brother, and uh, it wasn't like a tour. It was like, no, 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 just go to the back lot. And we spent like six hours walking. We walked through the King Kong fucking thing. Wow. We walked, we walked that, that, that section where the big flood comes down the hill. I just was there last year, man. That was my yeah. last trip before the pandemic. And we went to Universal in, in mean, Hollywood. It was we, incredible. We were like, oh shit, we got to get out of the way. The flood is coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were, we, it was amazing. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, the point is, so I was doing that and I kind of was naive enough to assume just because you sold something, you're, you're on the way. Yeah. And so- you know, I didn't come from a very wealthy family. And so it was kind of like, all right, well, I got to make money. And I was like, fuck, I thought my plan was to get out as a senior in college and go make movies, you know? And so I was pooping and I was reading, uh, inner, uh, electronic gaming monthly. Okay. And I remember the issue. It was the issue that had Dracula, uh, uh, Sega CD on the cover, the, the Keanu Reeves thing. Okay. And I'm sitting there in Culver city, reading the thing on the bathroom going, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. And then I see this, I'm like, oh shit, they're local. That This company's local. I love video games. So I called them and I said, hey, um, do you guys, I've heard about testers. They're like, yeah, we're hiring a tester right now. So I went in and I got the job and then it just, do, 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 you know, and then that was, that was how I got into it. And I was, for a long time, I was waiting, not a long time, maybe six months. I was waiting to go, this is a holdover job. Yeah, Because yeah. I'm going to make my shows and I'm going to make movies. But very soon what started happening was it was right at that tipping point where uh, you started to recognize that, hey, we can tell stories with these things. We can create intellectual property. We can create characters with these things. And I'm like, well, I could go out into Hollywood and compete with hundreds of thousands of people who want to do exactly the same thing. But here I get to play with all these toys. I get to do exactly what I want. No one knows what we're doing. So there's a lot of freedom. Um, Yeah, maybe I'll make a movie. Who knows? But right now, why in the world would I not do this? Not only freedom, but there was an expectation that you guys were going to experiment and you were going to help to define where it was going. That may have been an outside expectation. We didn't didn't think we had that kind of freedom. We, We just thought it was like, hey, to our bosses, we have this idea or... We have this idea for Mickey Mouse 65th anniversary video game. Disney came in, we pitched it. They loved it. We were off to the races. It was never a sense of a perspective that we are in this moment in time where mm. no one knows what a game is yet. It was honestly, it was more me going, uh, and I mean, everybody in that was doing it, but my perspective of it was I was going, I love movies. I love storytelling. How can I blend these even better to the point that I remember it was so silly, but it's what you did. Um, there was a Street Fighter ripoff with the Ninja Turtles on the Super Nintendo. I forget what it was called. It was really good. It was a good yeah. fighting game. Yeah. And um, Tournament Fighters Edition, wasn't it? It, it might have been that. Yeah. 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 And we were playing it, and we were trying. We, you know, we were trying to figure out. Okay, when you connect with the punch, 
what if we cut to a close-up, right? We would go down to the arcade in Westwood um, and I would play Virtual Racer uh, from yep. Sega. Yeah. And my design partner, Mike Yam, who went on to do like Jet Moto and Warhawk and stuff, cool. he would sit there and not tell me when he was going to press the camera change buttons on the car because we were like, what does it feel like if we get cinematic motion while you're controlling the camera? Cool. It's like no one knew any of this stuff. Yes. So everybody... We didn't think that we had freedom to experiment. We thought, holy shit, 3D is coming. And we don't, we, we were like, how do we keep you from just running through the whole level? You know, like, what is, how do you do that? You know? Right. So it was, it was less about freedom in that way. And it was more about how do we solve these problems that we get with this amazing new technology, which is 3D video games. So was your first gig then at Sony? Oh yeah. Yeah. So you, how long were you at Sony in total? I was at Sony from 93 until 2007. Wow. Um, and then I almost went to Sega right after Mickey Mania because yep. they called me and they said, do you want to come be the designer of this Sega CD game called Fahrenheit, mm -hmm. which was a Sega CD firefighting I, I live motion video. I just took a look at that game. It's crazy. Right. And they, and they said, <laughs> I said, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I just, I don't know. And they said, we'll pay you $60,000. Well, I had just gotten out of tests. So I was making about $25,000 and I was like, oh my God, $60,000. I never thought I'd make $60,000 in my life. And I remember though, it just felt wrong. And I was sitting on the bed with a girlfriend at the time. And she was just like, what does your gut say? And I said, I'd love to make that money, but there's something about yeah. saying no, that feels right. You know, but other than that one time, it was always staying at Sony and then every time since, anytime I've gotten a check in video games, it's because of Sony, whether they're, they're paying for my games as a developer that owns their own company, or you're, you're working for Sony. That's, that's always been Sony. That's so. crazy. And I, I, you know, rest in peace, Kelly Flock. I oh knew him God. Yes, and yes. he was, uh, you know, obviously very close with you. Yeah, so your first guy. game then was Mickey Mania? Yeah. Well, Amazing. I was a tester. My first game as a designer was Mickey Mania. Your first game as a designer. And yeah. you worked with TT games on that one, right? Yes. We used to call the penis in Alabama the TT. So the fact that you said that, yes, I worked with the TT to make We need a new idea for a level. Not a problem, pal. I'm going to head in the bathroom, uh, work with the TT a little bit, and uh, I'll hit you back. Okay. What about this moose? See, it's chasing you. It's amazing. Uh, but uh, yeah. <clears throat> so that was a terrible experience uh, oh. because I didn't know anything. I, I was coming from film yeah. or from a film background and wanting to make films. And I thought, oh, I'm the, the creative director. That means everybody just does exactly what I want. <laughs> and they're there to please me. And I'm like, okay, Traveler's Tales, do this, do this. Do this. Nobody knew. Sony didn't know. Sony had never experienced a producer, which is what we were technically because they didn't even have designers. Yeah. They had never experienced somebody come into their studio and say, I care about this stuff in a way that like, I want to make something. I have a vision. I want to express something. Right. And they didn't know how to manage me and Mike. Mike was the same. And so it took a while for us to understand the role of what a designer actually is. I mean, that, so the Mickey Mania project was, uh, a, a, you know, a total nightmare for everyone involved because we were nightmares. Yeah. Um, we didn't know any better. But, you know, it, it, it takes time to learn that uh, that process. I, I We're going to move on from there, but I'm curious because I've been looking at a lot of 16-bit stuff recently, and that's a, it, it, it turned out great. It's a great mm. game. Um, 
but the Super Nintendo and the Genesis versions are quite different, and, and uh, like the Genesis one just ran better. It just was a little bit oh, faster. Oh yeah, same design, but it yes, absolutely, it ran yeah. yeah yeah. Was there a reason for any of that stuff? Was it just the? the... I, I would imagine if I remember, the Genesis was the lead platform. They were probably you know, and and the the Traveler's Tales guys had made a game. I think it was called Pugsy, which was only out in Europe. Yeah. And I think what it was, was they were just maybe more comfortable working on that hardware. But, and then the Sega CD version was sort of the best version. And then, you know, it's, it, I've played it in emulation. I, I wanted to play it on my stream. It doesn't play well because I didn't know enough to tell the Traveler's Tales guys, like even the opening level, there's these uh, smoke plumes that go off and you yeah. have to dodge them, but you can't tell where what the you can jump on and what that, you can't. That's ex- yeah, and yes. I didn't know enough to know that's a problem. And I'm that just, was endemic know. in 16, though. In 16, it, might, it might have been. Yeah, maybe yeah. you just got used to it. But then they made a version of it, uh, like a like a remaster for PS1, and it yep. almost came out in America. I did an interview and everything when it was going to come out like eight years ago, and then the last second Disney came in and said, "Yeah, you guys don't have the rights to publish that in America, but mm. that you can play on emulation, and that is probably the best version." where the collision's sharper, it works better. And that's probably the best version. And that's what I'll play on my stream. But uh, yeah, it it, uh, it was, it was uh, and then it came out the same. I want to say, it, I, I might be dramatizing it. It certainly came out the same month. I want to say it came out the same day as Earthworm Jim and Donkey Kong Country. Wow. And so we got really good reviews on Mickey Mania and we thought, oh, this is great. And then no one showed up. Because they yeah. were buying Earthworm Jim and Donkey Kong, and we're like, oh, we should have thought about the fact that most gamers are not six-year-olds who care about Mickey fucking Mouse. Yeah, you know, we just yeah. didn't, we thought, oh, it's Mickey. He's the biggest brand in the world. Let's do it. Like, no, no, so, you learn. Interesting though that you were um, early in your career and you're sort of opening the kimono and sort of you're, you're behind the scenes on some of these mega brands and working with these huge, huge companies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you're defining it at the same time and sort of trying to figure out what your role in all of this was going to be. How was the move to 3D for you guys as you started to think about uh, develop? Because it's a very different discipline making yeah. 2D sprite stuff. Well, most of my 3D. work was 3D. I, I had I had experience for about four or five months as a tester in 2D, like Hook and Last Action Hero and Cliffhanger and stuff. And then I did yeah. Mickey Mania with those guys. And right after that... Um, we, we did a little detour into, you know, live action Sega CD stuff like Ground Zero Texas and, yeah. and crap like that. But right after that, the guys from Sony, from PlayStation came into ImageSoft, which is what we were known as at the time, which was still Sony. And they're like, hey, we're doing this thing called PlayStation. Watch this video. Do you guys want to make some games? Right. And th- th- we got so lucky because we worked with a group called Single Track and Single Track were a bunch of group from a company called Evans and Sutherland, which were making military 3D Sims for many years before PlayStation. Okay. So unlike most, yes. And in fact, if you ever listen to the Ed Catmull book or you read uh, Creativity Inc. or you look at the Pixar story, a lot of those guys who went on to found Pixar came from Evans and Sutherland as well. Amazing. So we went out to ENS, Evans Sutherland, and I had never really played with 3D graphics before. And it blew my mind. It was like, I mean, I got to fly like in a cockpit of a simulator of an F-15. I got to hang glide in virtual reality through a city of a 3D city. I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. And so, yeah, if I could have seen the physiology of my brain, I'm sure it was just buzzing and popping and, you know, serotonin was flowing. I mean, it was because it really was, I was so excited. I was like, I'd never seen 
it was like lawnmower man. It was like, I get to live in this world. And I know people today coming up with games. I have kids who are uh, 17, 15. They don't even think about 3D. Yeah, it's Fortnite. What do you want, right? Yeah, yeah. But when you've lived your diet from Atari 2600 up to the 16-bit, yep. the background is the background. Yeah. But it's a revelation when that background becomes, oh, you mean I can see the castle in the background and I can get in a car and I can drive the fucking castle? Are you yeah. shitting me? Yes. And like, I, I'm not I'm not being hyperbolic. That no, was dude, the, I remember was that the... feeling with Battlezone was just incredible. Yeah. And Vector was like, holy shit, you could go and shoot those things way over there. Yeah, That's no, right. it, it was absolutely profound. Yeah. Um, it, did you notice a lot of developers that you might have been working alongside? They just couldn't grapple with it. They just weren't re ready for this. I was shift. never, I was never that close with other developers. I never felt a kinship with most other, I was, I was very inoculated within Sony and I was very happy with that. You yeah, know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I, I, you know, so I didn't have enough observation points of like what was happening at Midway or what was happening at Sega biz. to know how they were dealing with it. I just know that we got lucky because I know that one, the first couple of years that PS was on the market, everyone else was learning 3D and our guys in Salt Lake who made Twisted Metal and Jet Moto with us, they were the developer, we were the designer and the publisher uh, and they designed it as well with us. Um, they knew 3D like the back of their hand. So right. it was like, yeah, we, yo, why are we slowing that? Why is it slowing down? Yeah. Like, well, because you just shot a missile and it's got like a thousand fucking particles, <laughs> you know, maybe we should model that particle. Oh, okay. You know, that, they just knew. Because they, they could they could throw horsepower at it. But, you know, the, the PS1 was such a, an atom bomb in the business. It was just so massive. It, it really shifted everything. Yeah. And you guys were on this rocket ship, man. Did you, did you know what it was? Did you, did you feel the the uh the influence uh, that sony was gonna have as a hardware manufacturer back then no nope. no i mean it it you're just focused on what you're focused on right so i i'm i worked on twisted metal uh i went to a focus group a month and a half before it came out they hated it they were hardcore gamers they hated it i called my wife i said i have to find a new career because i'm bad wow. at this Wow. Um, you know, I, and then it comes out and it's huge and I'm like, what, you know, so it wasn't, you don't have that perspective when you're doing it, not because no. And I, and I, and I think that's correct. I don't, I don't know if you can have that perspective, right. I don't, I don't, not to say that you don't have the, the self-awareness to go, this might be something important, Yeah. but you're so busy and focused on what you're trying to get done that every now and then maybe you you'll have a pop. And you'll, and, it, and you'll go, is this delusions of grandeur or is this real? And then you get back to what you're doing. Not because you're like, oh, I'm just a hardworking, disciplined guy. It just, it's that's just sort of the momentum of the day carries you away from that thought. Right. 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 And so, I mean, I remember the, the one that, that has always stuck with me is I was, I was at uh, Sony Santa Monica. Uh, God of War was about to come out. We, we were worried. It was like seven months away. Mm -hmm. So we were tuning, we were there really late. It was like two in the morning and Todd Pappy, who had gone to work on, he directed Ascension and now he's working on, what is that? Chris Roberts giant oh. uh, space thing. I, I, I know it's, Star it's ever something. present, but I never yes. talk about it because it's right. just, is it yeah. going to happen? He's working on that now. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but, but anyway, he, I think he had gone out to like Taco Bell and I was just alone in the office at like one or two in the morning. And, and at the time Santa Monica had this huge, picture poster frame of Kratos that we had used at E3 and was up on the wall. And I remember looking at it and going, 
I mean, this was, this is so embarrassing, but I was, I remember looking at it going, we could be making the next star Wars. Right. Yeah, and yeah. then the next day I go into, or now it was about a month later, I go into GameStop and they have the dummy boxes on the shelf. Right. Cause the game hadn't come out. It was like cardboard boxes just to say, Hey, these are the games coming soon. Yes. And I looked at God of war against the boxes of all these other brands. I said, Oh, we're so fucked. I said, no one's going to care about this. So the point you're, you're vacillating consistently, constantly throughout the process of thinking sure. you're doing something important and thinking you're fucking dead. You have no career. And what are you going to do to make money? So it, it, you just don't, you don't have the perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to open up the questions for, uh, for people in the chat, but help me out. Cause there's quite a few people. He's a fantastic guest, right? This is amazing. Um, you goddamn right. <laughs> VR grid wants to know, yeah, I don't know, whatever it's your show. Go man. Let's yeah. Do well, it. if you see one, cause my, my challenge is it scrolls by and it's tiny text. So if you, if you can help me out with all ta all caps, that would make a, a huge difference. Um, but when, when did you know that God of War was going to be successful um was it already successful and then you went okay it no, worked well i got a i got a uh text the day it came out from a guy named adam orth who i'll just you know he was one of the founding members of weezer yep. he went on to design a bunch of medal of honor games uh he just was a designer on that vr game yes. ps um, vr the, the the really good military shooter and uh yep. he worked with the on twist metal black great guy yeah. And he writes me and he says, dude, there's a line out the door at GameStop here at the Santa Monica Promenade for God of War. I said, fuck off. I did not believe him. He's like, dude, it's so true. And then I started hearing that throughout the day um, that people were really into it. And uh, I didn't know, though. I mean, it was going to be what it was. I was just uh, I, I the reviews. I hit refresh like a motherfucker. You goddamn right. All yeah, the yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. Ever, you know when reviews started to hit and it, it just, it was wonderful to sort of finally see a little bit of uh, the, the one I remember is like uh, EGM at the time, you know, they used to have their three reviewer people like, you know, they give it each, they'd have three different reviewers giving it a score and they'd have a title for it. And in my, my nightmares, I'm like, they're going to title it. Like it was always like something pithy and they were going to call it something like God of boar or God <laughs> of, of chore. And I'm like, Oh fuck. <laughs> and they called it smash the Titans. And I'm like, Oh my God, I was Ooh, so happy, you know? Yeah. So I just, you know, it, 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 it took a while to realize um, that it had, it had an impact on people, but at that point you're moving on to something else, you know? Did you have a moment of, uh, you know, kind of awareness that, that you've made your mark in this business or was it, you just have to kind of get working on the next thing. You got to focus. It's not, it's not, it's not that you have to, like life is so hard. It was just more, I, the only thing I remember coming close was I was doing an interview. I was actually driving to a therapist uh, mm. and I was uh, on my phone in my car, my speakerphone. And I was doing an interview with the LA times about the success of God of war. And the guy said to me, he says, you know, cause I was going to the Hollywood bowl that night, actually for Tommy's, it was the first video games, video live. games yeah, live. I was there. And yeah. And, and so I was like, Oh, I'm going to go do the Hollywood bowl tonight. And then we're doing this. And he, he says, wow, these are pretty heady times for you. And I was it just, that was the one that stuck with me. I was like, Oh, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess this is cool. This is working, but I didn't spend a lot of time. Um, is it because space. it's, is it because it's so bloody hard? To make a game is it is no, it is the practicality of, of it just 
you, you have a show that's beloved. You have, you know, you're, you know, do you spend a lot of time thinking about it? You spend a lot of time thinking about the work yeah. and you spend a couple of moments when you've got a good edit or you've got a good episode or you've got a good interview and go, that was good. And then you're on to the next thing. Yes. You know, my wife, my wife, my ex-wife uh, was writing a book uh, about, she was interviewing people who had had these like amazing careers. And I don't know if she's going to finish it or not. But she talked to this one guy and I was like, holy, f this, this is when I knew we were getting divorced. Um, she talked to this guy who was an astronaut. Yeah. He had, he had flown the shuttle like three times and then he had gone on to climb Mount Everest twice. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't compete. Let me just fucking help you pack your bags. <laughs> this ain't going to work out. Um, you know, but uh, but but uh, she said to me, though, I said, well, what was climbing Everest like? What did he say? She said it was, she said he got up to the top. He, he prepped like a motherfucker. He trained like a motherfucker. He gets to the top of Everest. He stands there for about 30 seconds, maybe a couple of minutes, appreciates it. And then he's going back down. He's on to the next thing. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's not, when you hear people describe success that way, it sounds like they're trying to give themselves like a backhanded compliment. Like it's trying to be noble. Like, no, man, I just, you know, it's not that it's just, it it's, the only the this is a terrible way to describe it. I'm not good at analogies on the fly, but the best way I can describe it is when you hear people talk about like flat world or like a world in 2D, mm -hmm. that the people who live in 2D can't even comprehend what it would be a 3D world because all they know is 2D. Yeah. When you are making stuff, it's not that you are some kind of noble person that, oh, I don't really think about the success. No, no, no. No. It's that it's that in order to be successful it requires a mindset of myopicness mm -hmm. on the functionality of the day-to-day -day and the vision, just to hold that vision from, from conception to working with a very talented team to mold it and change it and have them improve it and get it out the door. If yes. you let go from, it's like letting go of the steering wheel and you're driving 500 miles an hour. It's like, you can do it, but if you do it for more than a couple seconds, you're going to go off the fucking road. Yeah. So I just don't, I don't, I don't have that perspective on it. I, I, I have the I, the same perspective. The work is the reward. The work is the yeah. gift of it. Being able to do this stuff it is... Has, it has to be because it's so yeah, hard. Yeah, it's but it, it's also the journey of it and the and the setting these goals. That's yeah. that's what gets you going. You yeah. know, it's not it's not achieving the the, the achieving the stuff and hitting but the marks. That, OK, but that goes back to the original thing that I was talking about, the yeah. whole covering these people who make this stuff. They get yes. covered. They get covered and reported on like the, you know, returning conquerors to. Right. You know, and it's like. That's fine. But how many people have gone into the wrong businesses? How many people have taken detours in their lives because they're presented with this very saccharine and very appealing view of what someone's work life is like i mean right. my favorite show of all time is the west wing it was so compelling and so effective i almost wanted to go into politics yeah, i've been yeah. terrible in politics <laughs> that's not politics mm -hmm. but it's what it represented to me that i had to get under the surface and go that's what i'm really after right is, is, is sort of a a genuineness of working with people that are really passionate about what they do um i think it's the same thing if if if, if, if you're saying it's the work you're saying it's the journey but it and it is, but you have to agree it gets covered in all walks of media like it's th mm. that there's something special in that and there's something noble in that. And in well, that it's damaging. 
Well, yes, except that the work that's being done, whether it's movies or television programming, but I think in an even more profound way, video games. I think that games are coming into their moment right now in terms of, uh, um, you know, in a cultural kind of awareness and appreciation and the, the sort of creative value of them in, in a, a stronger way than we've seen in previous years. Like it's, uh, yeah, it, it can, and it continues to grow, you know, but there's even, you know, I mean, I could talk all day, so don't, you know, just cut me off. Um, but there's even a problem with that though. Right. Because if yeah. you look at what most of the games media covers, mm-hmm. like, and it inoculates these motherfuckers online in terms of, uh, uh, wait, that's not the right word. I'm thinking too much about the virus. God, I hope we survive. Anyway, <laughs> um, it, it affects these people. It gets, because what happens is, um, now I lost my train of thought. I was thinking about the virus. Hang on. Well, no, no, I, I got to tell, tell, tell you. No, I got to tell you. Got It's real important. Um, is, it, um, is it around story? Is it about? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. You're talking about how big games are getting and all that and cultural. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of people because of the media. Um, clearly, I have a bone to pick with certain video game media. Yeah. Um, they'll look at the things that are easier to cover, like movies, and they they are convinced that you know. And again, I'm playing The Last of Us two right now for the first time, and after I got past the opening, which I struggle with, I'm really enjoying it. You know. Yeah. Um, it's not that I don't like these kinds of games, but the media, because they feel like movies and there's a template for covering those. Movies. Yes. Right. They yeah. tend to be able to sort of frame their stories around those kinds of games. But if you actually look at the games that are absolutely changing culture, it's not God of War. It's not it's gameplay. It, it Well, it's Among Us. It's yeah. Fortnite. It's yeah. uh, Roblox. It, yes. Um, I mean, Roblox was better when the oof sound was free, but you know, uh, but I mean, it, 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 it doesn't mean- I, Who should we talk to about that? I don't know. I, I re- you know what? I was this close to making a video then I'm like, nah, I like Tommy. I'm not gonna, but I'm just like, really Tommy? Really? The fucking sound effect, man. I've been to his house. I've ridden in your Ferraris. Do you really need the ducats? Do you really need, the- it's like if he-, they, if he he's, he's launching a console, man. If he, he needs the ducats. Said, if he would have said, look, I'm going to take the money from Roblox for the oof sound and I'm going to funnel that into girls make games or I'm going to funnel that into a charity for kids who don't have a lot of money to get computers so they can learn to make games. Very How good. many more Spider-Man issues do you need, Tommy Tallarico? <laughs> Come on. But anyway, anyway uh, yeah, his house is amazing. Goodness yep. gracious. What a fun house. Yep. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, so my point is, it's not that I, I want to devalue these other games. But when you you're absolutely right, gaming, especially with the pandemic, has become this thing. Yeah. Um, and it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful to be able to connect with people. But like Jackbox Party and Among Us and even like just, you know, the, the IO games like uh, uh, the, the snake.io and stuff that you play with your friends. It, it's just that never really gets covered, maybe because it's not very sexy. But that is actually... I remember going to Vegas a couple of years ago. You could not go to a gift shop without seeing Fortnite merch. It was yeah. ubiquitous. Yes. And people are like, oh, Fortnite sucked. It's crap. I'm sure people in the chat. I, I don't think crap. it's that, David. Like From my vantage point, I don't talk about a lot of that stuff either. And it's mostly yeah. because it's it's so accessible and free. There's no risk to give it a shot, a lot of these types of titles. Okay. And everybody's playing them already. And I find it very difficult to find the time to 
play it and have thoughts about it and come back with any kind of analysis about it that is going to be significant for anybody because why not just try it? If you like it, you like it. And I like I've I've dabbled a little bit with Warzone and Apex Legends and Fortnite. They're all cool, but yeah. you know, I, I I don't think I don't think that's wrong. I think the danger though is in 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 the omission right. of that part of the narrative. You're the right. narrative that gets sold is these I mean, are the crown about, jewels. Think of, about how yeah. ludicrous it is. And, and, and I always go out of my way because I love the guy. He is the, one of the biggest hustlers in the business. But think about how ludicrous it is that Jeffrey Keeley yeah. doesn't offer a best design award. Think about right. how ludicrous it is that the game awards, you can't even explain what some of those fucking awards are about, right? <laughs> um, think about how ludicrous it is that um, best game of the year is. Uh, you know, oh, it's it's Mass Effect 2 it was out the same year that Angry Birds was out. Now, I know that I enjoyed Mass Effect 2 more than Angry Birds, and you did too. Yeah. But in terms of a game that came out and totally changed the landscape of gaming mm -hmm. and affected the culture, come on. But it wasn't even in the conversation. That's the danger, I think. Yeah, and I guess what it is is, you know, because the DICE Awards and the GDC Awards are different than the Game Awards, you know, yeah, sure, and, there, sure. and there is a practicality, and I've encountered this a lot, right? Like, I've always held the AAA, the big teams, sort of working to kind of move the business forward with visuals and, uh, you know, a pulling of game mechanics from a bunch of different ideas. I've looked at that as sort of the, the holy grail, the pinnacle of where we're going to go forward with games. Yeah. But I think people that make games... Just think, well, you know, let's. What's the shortest point from here to here, and how do we make that a success? And how do we engage the players? And I see people that make mobile stuff that used to make AAA, they're happier than ever because you, it's the, the it's the same work, but they reach way more people. Oh, you don't even know. Maybe you do. Listen, chat. Are you paying attention? Listen. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't play many mobile games. One of my favorite games last year was called Grindstone, which was phenomenal. Great game, yeah. Um, just, oh boy, I, I hope it comes out on Steam because I really want to play that on my PC on lunch. But um, but, but I, I talked about this in my stream recently. Uh, Supercell just crossed the 1 billion threshold with their fifth goddamn game. Incredible. There's a game right now in China that made 500 million. They made half a billion dollars in two months between November and December, God of War got a, a, a party in Japan because it made half it made half a billion dollars over two years. Yes. Right. And I'm like, OK, I get it. I get that Grindstone is not God of War. And I think you're absolutely right. It's more interesting to cover a game like Gone Home or God of War or Last of Us 2. I love the fact I'm playing Last of Us 2 and I'm, I, it hit me the other night. I'm streaming it and I'm riding around on the horse and here I am playing not just a lesbian, but a lesbian with her lover, girlfriend, yep. in one of the most expensive games ever made. It's yeah. just becoming normalized. That is a story worth telling. Yes. That is wonderful. That is excellent. But So I get it. There's more meat on the bone to write about, to cover. Mm -hmm. But I just think the omission of covering the stuff that's actually getting more players, I think that just seems wrong. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm going to take a couple of questions here. I've seen a couple stream by uh, Nintendo Boy. I think you had one there. One second. I'm going, going, finding it. Uh, oh, um, okay. Where's your first bit? You got a two-parter on me. Jesus. Okay. I don't see I just, you. I just swallowed a bunch of Carmex. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, David, having worked here in Utah for Twisted Metal 3, was it different than it was in other parts of the U.S. or the world? Okay, good question. I'll ask him. Can we have Chris Mitchell and David Jaffe for a next stream, please? And thanks. Okay. Mm. VR Grid. Yes, do that for me, guys. Let's uh, let, do all caps like VR Grid did. Uh, but first, I've got um, uh, Nintendo Boy 17 saying, uh, David, you worked in Utah for Twisted Metal. Did you work in Utah? Did you actually go to Utah? I, I, I didn't live there, but I flew out there probably every three to six weeks. Okay. Was it different working there than it was in Santa Monica or, or San Diego? Yeah, but not not because of the day-to-day -day work. I mean, it, they, they, they were a great team run by Scott Campbell, Kellen Hatch. We actually worked with a great uh, artist named Michael Jackson, who was the lead UI guy. Yep. And that never got old. It never got old. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it was, it was just sort of what I knew. Utah was very different. I mean, Utah reminded me of Birmingham, Alabama, Salt Lake, because that's where I grew up. Yeah. And then I loved getting out to California. I'm a very progressive guy. And going back to Utah was very weird. Um, and I, I, it's weird. I'm sorry. Not that we're, I don't, I'm atheist. I'm agnostic, whatever. I'm not bashing on religion, but there is an absolute sense that when you go into Salt Lake, the people think differently. It's yes. kind of like when you hang around lawyers because they have been trained to rethink things because of their training. Yeah. They, they don't, you can't order menu. You can't, you know, they, they see the world differently because they have to as lawyers. I think the people in Salt Lake, a lot of the really hardcore religious people in Salt Lake, it's just, it feels like you've stepped into Stepford Wives. It feels yeah. like a very strange WandaVision sort of first two episode. And it's not bad. It's just very striking. So, but it was, it was a great place to work though. Did you have any weird confrontations or weird moments or were you no, able to? No, never, never weird confrontations. The, the, the guy, the thing that I always remember with is, is that the uh, single track offices um, were by uh, uh, a mall and we went to the food court a lot and there was a Sparrow pizza place there. And the guy that worked there for the longest time was just this big, round, jolly, fat dude, really nice guy. But whenever you walked in, he'd say, hey, your friend, what you thinking of drinking? And I was just like, are you shitting me? You say that like, that's like a, that's like something a mascot would say, but you, you talk that way, you know, but no, I mean, people were always super nice, man. Always. It was, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a nice town. It just, it's weird for someone like me that just goes, you know, there's a lot of beautiful, a lot of beautiful people there. It's like a little American version of like uh, Switzerland. They're all blonde, yeah. you know, and they're all attractive people. And I'm just like, what the fuck is Maybe I should go be Mormon. I'm going to be good-looking blonde. I, I, that's how they get you. Yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Jaffe used to look like this. Now he found Joseph Smith. Boom, baby. It's the next Brad Pitt. I should have known. Uh, Blair Farrell's got a question here. He says, before Bartlett Jones closed down, you posted on Twitter that you tried to pitch an Iron Man VR game. How far yes. did you get with that? And what was it like when for you when Sony actually did it? Well, so, oh, well, we, okay. So there's, there's two answers. We, between um, Twisted Metal Black and God of War, uh, we were very close to getting the Iron Man license. So myself and the single track guys, or at the time they were in COG, 
uh, we're going to make Iron Man to the point that a lot of these comics you see behind me, probably maybe 15% of them are all old Iron Man back issues. Wow. Because I, I, I always loved Iron Man. I was more of a Spidey guy, but I still, of course, loved all the MCU. Yep. The, the, not MCU, Marvel. the Marvel members. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and so we got close and even some gameplay from God of War ended up in, uh, from Iron Man's design ended up in God of War, right? Cool. Um, but in, this was when Tom Cruise was going to be, they were going to make a movie and, mm-hmm. and then it just, everything got gears ground to a halt and it, nothing happened and it kind of fell apart. Right. So then after, or before drawn to death shipped, we, we didn't know if it was good or bad. I, we were having debates in the office, like, okay, what's the Metacritic. And there was definitely, if, you know, it, when you make a game, it's impossible. Like I told you earlier on this interview, I thought God of War was going to be the next big thing. And I also thought it was going to be a big flop, right? Yeah. You, you don't know. You, you, it's impossible. Um, but uh, we knew, though, we needed to get our next deal signed before it came out. Because if it came out and it bombed, we didn't want to have to shut the company down, yeah. right? We wanted to have something in the hopper. And uh, so, uh, by the way, this is not cocaine. This is, uh, I, I, uh, I have a dog. I love my dog, but I'm allergic to my dog. Oh, and wow. so whenever I go out, like I just went out to make sure I didn't choke on Carmax. He's like, I want a pet. I'm like, all right. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Anyway, um, uh, um, come on, Victor, help me. Bring oh, back. Uh, you, were, you were talking about Iron Man VR and yeah, so yeah, your, yeah. your next okay, project. So we, yeah. So, so we have Scott Rohde come out who runs all of PlayStation America. Love Scott. Scott's amazing. Scott yep. is an amazing dude. Yeah. Um, and uh, we show him a bunch of VR ideas and one of them is Iron Man. And we had done um, some tests where we actually had uh, voice recognition. So you could have the headset on and you could talk to Jarvis at the time. It was Jarvis. It oh, wasn't shit, the new that's one. That's great. And yeah, and you were like, you know, you know, divert power to shields or whatever. And, and, you know, we were flying around, you know, but we, it was all POV. We didn't have any, it was very early. We yeah, were like yeah. showing them like eight different concepts. And I think what it, we ended up doing something with Sony, but it wasn't VR. I think that was maybe at the time they were, it had come out. I was excited about VR. I still have a bunch of VR headsets. I, I love the potential of it, but I love AR more. Um, and I think they were starting to go, maybe this isn't where we want to keep funding all of our developers. Let's maybe have you guys look at something else. And so mm-hmm. we ended up not doing any of those ideas. But yeah, so then the game came out and I haven't even played it. Not because I'm not interested, because I'm not fucking. Once you get the quest, fuck, yeah. fuck PSVR. Yeah. And, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. They have the best games on the planet, but it is a bear to hook up all yes. the wires and shit. And if you got especially charge this. if you're and a PS five player and you, yeah. you have to have a PS four headset and a PS three move. And yes. the goddamn control, the, the, the cables are all different. Yes, that's so right. It's like, do you think you can maybe Sony make it a little easier and make the <laughs> fucking cable that goes from the console to the, no, you know, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. I'm not playing it. Um, but, but there's no doubt they make the best VR games better than what they're doing at, at Oculus first party. Yeah. But the quest, once you put the quest on, you're like, I can't go back. It, it's yeah. too easy. It's too instant. Yep. It's wireless. You have full freedom. I mean, we, we were literally, when we were looking at VR design, we were literally trying to figure out, um, I really want to be able to turn around, like rotate my body. Totally. And it's like, fuck, you can't do it with the PSVR because you, you, it doesn't, you, the you camera. block the camera. Yeah. And, and so we were coming up with all these crazy ways to make it, to, tr- to trick it. And then you get on the Oculus, you're like, oh, you're shitting me. Yeah. It just works. Yeah. Fuck 
off PSVR, yes. you fucking antiquated motherfucker. <laughs> but, but it I was mean, great for a couple it, years. It, it had a moment. Yes. And, and, and it was, and Shu was absolutely right. I mean, there's no doubt. And I'm only just taking the piss for fun, but I mean, it, it, it it's a great system. It, it, it has some of the best VR games ever made. Um, if, if Oculus is smart, they'll go pay Sony a shit ton of money and say, That's... can we get your games on our system after a year? Of being I, on PSVR, I was just a guest on a on the Virtual Boys uh, podcast, which uh, VR Grid is uh, running that, and we were just right. talking about that same thing. They need to pay for the licensed stuff and to have the uh, the brands that we recognize. And Iron yes. Man is an excellent fit in VR, yeah. and they need to also have more demos because yeah. th- it's really hard to know. Those games are like you know nineteen to forty bucks. Yeah, and I'm like a VR game, if your audience hasn't played VR, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it can be so different than what you see on a 2d flat screen that I'm not going to roll the dice with a $39 adventure game. If, if yes. I can't take a sample of it, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, so I, I think they've, uh, I think, I think they've, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I did find out uh, uh, today that Palmer lucky follows me on Twitter. Uh, I was like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't. I, I I love VR, but I I definitely think that uh, uh, AR is going to change the world. Uh, VR is cool, but it's 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 not going to work. It's clunky. It's, it's clunky, and ultimately, it's not game changing. It, yeah. it, it it's 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 wow inducing. It's yeah. phenomenal in terms of the sense of presence that it gives you. But once you get into that and over that you're still left with it's the exact same experience as playing a 3d game on a flat screen. How do I open this door? Let me find this key. Where's the right, you know? So ultimately it doesn't really change anything other than the initial wow factor. And that's a great wow factor, but it's not enough to move the needle. You're always thinking that it could be better. That's the one thing about this piece of tech. We can all, every one of us can imagine this further along and it's really good. And kudos to where we're at with VR, but all of us know it's not the holodeck and we've got a ways to go okay. before we are completely immersed in stuff. You know? um, the, uh, oh shit, did I really? Rotten Tanaku, who, by the way, uh, painted that great uh, garbage pail kid uh, sweet tooth behind me. Yeah. Uh, he says, here's, here's money, Vic. We all knew Jaffe's potty mouth was going to demonetize your channel. I didn't. I didn't even think about that. I think you got to go like thirty seconds without cussing before they say you're safe for ads. Sorry, Victor. Um, but um, but um, I try. I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> well, let's but talk anyway, about this. Yeah. I wanted to get into this. You you yeah. you have a new uh, part of your career path now. You've yeah. been uh, streaming on a regular basis. Do you stream every day? Most every day I've tried to do like you, we were talking before you went on the air and I'm like, yeah. I'm going to do a three o'clock Monday through Friday. I love <laughs> saying that. I love having all my promo shit say, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. Cause you know, like the other night, but this is what's beautiful about No. Would you like to be on a stream with one of the most famous game journalists in the world? <laughs> this is Victor. God damn it. Victor Lucas. Yes. This is one of my I'm kids. I'm so this famous. Sarah. Nice to meet you. Hello, well, how are you? You want me on camera? I don't want to put you on camera. Okay. So what's, I did not call you. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. That's okay. Okay. Hey, you guys should get ready to go though. As soon as I'm done here, I'm going to take you guys to the, to, to the house. Okay. All right. Um, so. Streaming. Yes. It's your okay. focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah. So, oh, right. So this is, it's, I, you know, I tell some people, just like we were talking earlier about 3D and kids, they can't appreciate 3D because they didn't grow up with 2D. Yeah. Well, I grew up and you grew up with the television that doesn't talk back to you. Yes. Right. And it yeah. still blows my mind that not only can we have what this is, interactive television, right? Hip hop, Dan, yeah. right? Rob the mod, right? Yeah. Jojo D in the, it's amazing, right? It is. It's it incredible. Doesn't, it doesn't yeah. get old, but on top of it, you're no longer limited to these, you know, uh, uh, just silly, but at the time necessary restrictions. Like you can only go for 23 minutes. You have to be here. You have to stop and start here. The other night, the reason I was late for my three o'clock is uh, I made this video about racism and it caused a shit storm with some people. So it was like 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, fuck it. Let's do a stream. Yeah, and yeah. we were up till three in the morning, debating, discussing, yelling, bringing phone calls on, arguing. And I was like, this is so much fun. Well, of course, I slept till noon the next day and I didn't have time to prep the show until seven o'clock that night. So yeah. I do stream extremely frequent um, and I put videos out a lot. And I'm easy to catch on our Discord. I'm easy to catch on Twitter. But unfortunately, the only consistency is a lack of consistent time. <laughs> but I'm always like, to, to, okay, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to shill a little bit. Uh, tomorrow, uh, well, tonight I'm going to be playing Blue Fire. I don't do much game streaming. It's mostly talk about the industry and games. But uh, I'm doing Blue Fire tonight, uh, which is a kind of a Zelda-esque adventure game. I'm giving codes away from the developer and the publisher on that. Cool. Tomorrow we have movie night. Uh, we're doing, uh, uh, one is just for members. We're doing Clerks 2. And then we're doing, um, for everybody who has Amazon Prime, we're doing, um, what the fuck is that? Uh, uh Is it tell you. Owen Wilson? And- oh, it's it's the boys. We're going to watch the first oh, the two boys. episodes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I usually take. Um, I, I've had to learn these. These are edibles and I usually take a couple of them, but these are extremely powerful. So I'm only going to take one um, and that's fun. But anyway, the big news is Monday at noon, we have a group of students from the University of uh, Utah their video game programmer coming on and it's me and Shannon Studstill who ran Sony Santa Monica, produced God of War. She's at Stadia right now, although they just shut down first yeah. party, who knows what she's going to do. Yeah. One of the best producers in the business. We have Tony Barnes, longtime game developer designer. He did uh, Jungle Strike, the Strike series, Killer Amazing. Instinct for Microsoft. Amazing. Yeah, Strike uh, Strider, great guy. We're going to, they're going to pitch us. It's going to be all on Zoom so people can tune in. They're going to pitch us their idea uh, to sort of see what the pitch process is like. Then they're going to link us and anybody in the chat to their game. Then we're going to play their game for about 30 or 40 minutes live. And then we're going to dissect it and we're going to bring them back. And we're going to basically tell them, you know, what we think. And if we were actually at a publisher, what, what the next step would be, is it great? Is it crap? What do you need to fix? Wow. So that's going to be Monday at noon on the channel. Um, and that's just, you know, I, it's so much fun to be doing this stuff. It's awesome. Is it giving you, uh, you know, that same sort of, uh, you know, creative sort of win, that reward that you would get out of making a game? Or is there yes, something fresh and new about it's, this? It's that, better. It's better. Yeah. Um, because there's a couple of reasons why. Uh, one is, you know, when you make a game, uh, you have an idea. Because I, I was the director. I didn't program. You know, I didn't uh, do art. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't an implementer. I was, I was writing stories. I was creating characters, creating gameplay at a high level and at a tuning level. But 
I didn't get the little wins every day that the team mm-hmm. got like, Oh, mm-hmm. we got this section of the map to run at 60 frames. Awesome. You know, I was always having to have the 30,000 foot view or the really microscopic view when everything was done in tuning it. And so you would have an idea in two in 1998 and you wouldn't get to enjoy that idea and see if it's actually connecting until, you know, 2001. Right. It's such a long slog with this. It's just like, Hey, let's put on a show. Cool. What do you want to do? You know, I mean, and you can try all kinds of things. There's total freedom. Um, You know, I literally put, I mean, it's the funniest thing. I was talking to Shannon about six months ago. I said, Hey, have you seen my stream? She says, I only tuned in once. She's not really in all the shenanigans. She's a very serious lady. Yeah. And, uh, and, and she says, I tuned in once though. And you were wearing like a, a monster mask for the whole episode. And I just didn't know, I don't know what the fuck that was. So sometimes I will literally stream in, you know, as a character, I, I don't know why it get my views plummet when I do it. Yeah. In fact, Victor, would you like to meet him? Yeah, let's see it. <laughs> I literally will put this motherfucking thing on and I'll do, I'll do politics. I'll do whatever the fuck you want. Now, now when I put this on Victor, you have to understand the Alabama boy comes out, you see, and I like to talk about all sorts of things. I like to talk about the different tents. You know what I learned about the other day, Victor? What's that? Well, I learned what a blue waffle is. You ever heard of a blue waffle? No. What is a blue waffle? Well, are you sitting by your computer screen there? Yeah. I want you to go to Google. Don't show your audience. Go to Google and type, type in blue waffle. Look that goddamn thing up. All right. It's going to be great. Hey, look at that. We got Marco A in the chat there. He says, question, so the tummies. We got JB, J Blaze says, hi, I'm dropping by uh, uh, to say greetings. Charlie Jordan says, I think David is crazy. Oh, <laughs> are you kidding me? Oh, no, my I'm goodness. Not that's a bla- that's, that's, that's What a, the heck? That is a vagina that's infected, but people don't even know if that vagina is and, a real thing or it's just an internet myth. And it turns it blue. It turns it blue. Holy shit. That's how Smurfs get born. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, the point is, though, is, and people say, Jaffe, are you having a midlife crisis? And I say, if I, I am, I don't care <laughs> because it's so much fucking fun. Um, I, you know, I, I, I just really, it, there's a level of immediacy. There's a level of freedom. Uh, and, and, and I like to talk. I like to connect. I like to bring a sense of, honesty and genuineness and realness through the medium because i do see so much artifice that i think is dangerous yeah yeah um and you know the you know i get a lot of people i mean maybe everybody does and maybe you know i only have my experience but how many times have you been streaming and there have been people who are just like and this isn't the reason you do it just like you don't make god of war or you don't make electric playground because you want to be someone's childhood but how many times have you been streaming and there are people that will tell you in the chat, it's like, I'm, I'm depressed right now, or yeah, I'm really lonely right now. And this is really keeping me, you know, ha- happy, you know? And I was like, I, I, you know, that's not the reason you do it, but that's really cool too, to know that you can, all this silliness aside, you can reach out and have a direct connection with somebody who might need it on that any given day. So that's well, cool. I, I think it's wonderful. I, I think it's, uh, it's amazing that you, that you are allowing your perspective, that access to your experience and being so forthright with it, and then also bringing friends that you know from across the business. This is the, exactly yeah. what I'm talking about, right? Like we we need to know game makers are people and we need to know, you know, 
what gets them up and what fires them. And do you, know. you want to come on and be a judge on this thing Monday? Uh, I, look, I look at me putting Victor on the spot. I he would, don't want to do it. He don't want to do it, but he's going to have to come out. He's got to come out with a, <laughs> a, a way to say, I don't want to do it. Don't make him sound like an asshole. Let's see what he does, boys. What, how, how long of it? How long is it on Monday? It's probably about two hours. Cause we're going to have to have them pitch. Then we're going to have to play. Then we're going to have to talk. I mean, it's, I, I'm just fucking. I mean, I would love I, you to do it. Love I would to love it. to do it, but I have to kind of be ready to do it because I'm, I've committed myself to making the news every day. And that takes a big chunk of my day to put it all together and, and get right. it out there. Oh, sure, Victor. I understand. But I would love to be, if you ever want to have me on as a guest on your show, that. I would, I love would that. totally be honored. I, Let's I, talk I think about it's Amico. Wonderful. Let's talk about Amico. Anything. Yeah. Um, but no, 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 now. Oh, okay. But yeah. let's. But my question to you is: as much as I love that you found this platform and you're having a you know uh, a great time, and and I think doing an, a wonderful service for the business because of your, your I don't access, know about that. No, I, the, the, I think the, you are. I saw the all the biz, stuff that you were talking about with the Phil and Microsoft. I'm doing is for the business of people who make the fuel to burn bridges. I'm making yeah. a lot of money for those people. <laughs> I, but you know what, though, man, like it's. The one thing that I don't like about the way that the business is maturing is the the way that people are really cutting themselves off from being able to speak their minds. Everything yeah. is so PR controlled. And I've been doing this so long that the it's access that we It's always been that, that have, way, hasn't it? Been that way No, it wasn't, man. Like, we did crazy shit with people in studios. We would go and visit them, and then we would, you know have lightsaber duels or we would pretend to be in a car and drive off the road and do, you know, add some digital effects and all that stuff. Right. And it was so fun. And those were the segments that people would watch on our show and they would go, you guys were insane. You got a great time. It's going to be like, of course we're having a good time. We're talking about the most entertaining stuff right. that humans are making. Let's right. go have a good time talking about it. But now I feel like there's just this clench kind of quality, a clenched quality and an almost an adversarial type of quality between PR and... Do you find that with indies as well? I mean, the, the whole business has shifted because the money, right? I mean, the yeah. money that gets spent, I, I, I never get over being stunned when I hear what the last generation of games cost. And I don't mean the anomalies like Rockstar. The average AAA game is like 160 to $220 million. Right. Um, and so I get why... The pressure. Well, not just the pressure, but I get, I get why, you know, I mean, Twisted Metal one cost 850 K. Yeah. You know, no, nobody, you know, yeah. People wanted success, but it wasn't like, oh my God, you just lost the company $200 million. Right. So um, I get that at that level, they're like, keep it quiet, motherfucker. Just don't breathe on anything wrong if you can help it. Yeah. But I wonder at the indie level, if it's that, if it's that uh, uh, buttoned up. Well, I, I I think it's a maturing business, and there needs to be a kind of a level of um, seriousness about it as a business and as a creative endeavor. But I also yep. feel like people should be able to talk about their competitor, you know, or a business decision that somebody made over there that they don't quite agree with, or that was a reason why they chose to go over here. Right. And I feel like interviews that I would have with devs. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, there was a lot more freedom to have those types of honest conversations. People could tell yeah. people that they loved something that they played on X platform. Not, not I have just been X told many times by people who are at Sony, they're like, Jaffe, would you uh, go back to Sony? And the people at Sony say, I don't think you would like it here anymore. You would not fit in here anymore, mm. which is not to say it's a bad company at all. It's always been a great company. And Scott Rohde is still running PlayStation um, in, in America, along with Connie Booth, you know? Yeah. Um, but 
it's more like, you know, I don't have fun in that kind of environment. You know, I, I don't like things being that, you know, I mean, and I, I'm not joking when I tell you there's a person at PR, I won't name their name, who cannot stand me. And even if Sony was wanted to back dump trucks of money up to my door and say, come back until this person is gone, I don't think I'll ever work at Sony again because they're right. like, this guy's too much trouble. But that's okay. I don't mind. But yeah, the stuff you're talking about, like, yeah, I made a video the other, recently about Phil Spencer at yeah. Xbox. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I go out of my way because I don't, I'm not a mean person. I go out of my way to be like, man, I love Game Pass. I love what they're doing with Game Pass. I think yep. it is game changing. I think the acquisitions that they're doing are uh, uh, incredibly smart um, and it's going to be awesome. But I think they're awful managers when it comes to managing product development. And I don't think that because I just have some analysis. I think it because I can see the writing on the wall. Right. The consistent delays, you don't want, I have an Xbox uh, X right here. I love it but you don't launch hardware without a single fucking exclusive. That's and how crazy. long are we? Yeah. We're, we're what, three months, almost four months past November. Where The medium, that's not even really exclusive, right? So yeah. I'm not like, and I'm not an Xbox hater. I have them all. I love them all. Xbox Quick Resume is fucking amazing. I love that system. Yeah. Um, but my goodness gracious, what's it going to take for whether it's Matt Booty or Phil Spencer or whoever's running the show over there to go, you know what? We're really good at the 30,000 foot war map game pass. Brilliant. Putting game pass on televisions, even more brilliant. So you don't even have to have a console. Yeah. Um, buying these companies quick resume. Brilliant. Um, but you know what? We're not good at Matt Booty. You know, we're not good at Phil Spencer figuring out how to manage the day-to-day -day development of these various studios that we are responsible for. You know, who is good at that? A bunch of people at Sony. You know what we have? A lot of money because we're Microsoft. You know what we should do? Let's go try to fucking poach some motherfuckers. Instead, <laughs> it's just like same old shit. I, I don't understand it. Well, this might be the last console that Microsoft really concerns themselves with, right? This might be. Sure. And now that they have acquired so many developers, they might not ever have this problem again. They might be the exclusive home for a lot of really killer franchises. Yeah. But I agree with you that... Uh, it, it, you know, it, it's been difficult to kind of put the two together and say, well, it, you know, apart from Game Pass, it, it just seems like if you want to play a bunch of really cool exclusive experiences, you got to go to a, Sony. You, it's an easier kind of path to go to Sony, and the sales sure. have proved that out. I think, though, it's pretty clear that Xbox has a totally different business strategy around how they're going to reach people, and it may win. Um, ultimately for them yeah. or, or Sony may s have to counter and then it gets, you know, oh, a no, Disney yeah, plus I, Netflix I, I, type yeah, thing. I don't give a fuck who wins. I don't have a dog yeah. in the fight. I love games. That's what yeah. I love. Me too. Um, but ultimately though, so, and you're, uh, you know, my audience hates me when I say this and that's fine. It's okay that they're stupid and I'm smart. I don't mind, but um, subscription based service gaming, that is, what we're going to be seeing more and more of. I it works. Yep. There was a great deep dive article in Eurogamer a couple of days ago because a lot of the complaints, which really are just veiled, I don't like this change. So I'm yes. gonna I'm gonna go to the sustainability argument. Yeah, how how well, can we sustain at this level? Right. Well and looking at the the dozens of or like 18 million subscribers and then I think right. uh, uh Jim 40. Ryan from Sony was saying that we don't want to have 
titles go out there that we spent hundreds of millions of dollars on onto a streaming thing right away. Right. And, and again, there's there's options for that. But yeah, in the sense that, yeah, I, I think Sony is ruling the roost in exclusives. They don't have to do that yet. Yeah. But what they could do uh, is is take one of their uh, $100 million AAA games and say, we're going to split that into 10 exclusive PlayStation Now games that are quirky and weird. We're going to give Kojima 10 million bucks and just say, go with God. Right. Make whatever the fuck you want. We'll right. promote it. You know, Kojima's exclusive experimental game is on PS Now only, and you can get it right now, right? They can do that with 10 different games. And then after, let's say, God of War Ragnarok comes out, six months later, then it premieres on PlayStation Now, or it yeah. premieres for, I mean, they, there's a lot of way, and they are going to have to adjust. That is, this is, you know, the future. But my point is that if anybody in your audience is sitting around going, oh, it's not sustainable, blah, blah, blah. Um, this guy's like, no chance. My, this is uh, Alamino. No chance. I'm going to do his voice. This is how he sounds. I don't know why. Uh, if Microsoft doesn't make, uh, no, no, that was just somebody else. No chance Microsoft makes Elder Scrolls 6 exclusive. They'll never make back their 7 billion. You're a moron. Yes, they will. They, let me explain something. First off, go read the Eurogamer article. It's very long. It's very thorough. They the may guys, choose not to do it, but they're going to make their money back. They may choose to, to put it everywhere f for whatever reason, or they yeah. could keep it exclusive. Either uh, one works. It, that's that's the beauty of subscription, right? Like, right. how crazy is it? I say this all the time. Like, it's amazing that Spider-Man is on PlayStation, yeah. but it's tragic that everybody that loves Spider-Man has yeah. to have a PlayStation to play Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, it's great but for Sony. You know, it's great if the, you have a PlayStation, but it's an, such an incredible game. Everybody should be able to play that thing. Yeah, but, you know, that's that's capitalism, baby. Yeah. Right, but I'll tell you what, the smartest thing, in my opinion, Xbox can do is when they get, when they ultimately take Halo away from 343 and give it to id, which is what's going to happen, which is what should happen. Yeah. Um, but regardless, when they make their next big game that comes out of their exclusive studios, let's just say it, it is Elder Scrolls 7 or whatever it is. Um, I got raked over the coals because I called it Skyrim 2. It's not Skyrim 2. Whatever. <laughs> fuck off. But anyway, let's say that comes out. The smartest thing they can do is put that on PlayStation because... Imagine walking into a store or a digital storefront and going, I got to buy that for 70 bucks. Oh, what? You're telling me I can get it for fucking free? If I subscribe to Game Pass, all it does is make Game Pass look better. They win either way, Yeah. wherever they put that thing. So I just, yeah. I don't know. I, I think people uh, just don't want to really look at the, 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 the road that's in front of them. Well, I mean, if Microsoft's got 18 million people paying 10 bucks a month, that's $180 million coming in a month, a month yeah. right? That's that's paying that's for a lot AAA. of AAA. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and and then and, they put, and then they can experiment. They put out Hive Busters, which is great. Yeah, the Hive Busters four player co op Gears of War game. Totally, I played it on my stream, and we played it in an afternoon. It, it games don't have to be these sixty dollars monstrosities that are well, padded with fat. Because and PlayStation's probably going to hit a hundred million with PlayStation Five over a yep. set amount of time. Imagine if they said okay, we're going to do uh, something very equivalent and all of the first-party stuff, they would easily get to 20, maybe 50 oh. million subscribers that would buy on for that. How much money is that coming in every month consistently? Uh, it, yeah, they're going to do it. Jim yeah. Ryan has said as much. He, he he was veiled about it yeah. in that interview. I think it was with an Australian outlet, but he, he was like, oh, well, we're not talking about PS Now changes today, but you know, we're, we're definitely, there will be something we'll announce in the future, something like that. It's, yes. you don't, you don't answer that way. If you don't 
if you don't want to send a signal that yes, we know we have to make some changes it's coming. there. And yeah. yeah, I think the last holdout will be Nintendo. They'll figure out a different way to that, right. but eventually they'll get to something like that as well. Yeah. Uh, let let us talk about the Amico. What are your thoughts on the Intellivision Amico? I love um, the uh, vision of it. I yes. love uh, so I, I you know Tommy. I went out to Tommy's place and I went out to the to the studio and he showed me everything and and, and what it was very cool. I love the passion. I love the ambition. Uh, I love the vision of it. I don't, the one thing I don't know yet, um, and ultimately with anything, the proof is in the pudding. So if yeah. Tommy is able to release what is the ultimate party box, uh, that's, then he wins, right? It, it, it really, b- because the idea of like, you know, the game me and my kids played the most one year constantly was Towerfall. Right. Um, on same screen, we loved it. When my uh, ex comes over, the only thing we play when we play video games are me, the ex, and the kids get out our phones and we play Song Pop on Apple TV. Wow. Because it's like name that tune, right? Yeah. I mean, the idea of a box that that is all about and only about that, and not only only about that, but everything on there, not everything, but it is curated in such a way that it's really good. So if you get an Amico or if you give an Amico for a holiday gift, you know that it's a party in a box, basically. It, yeah. it, I love that. Yeah. If he can deliver on the quality of games, it, it, it's great. The one thing that seems a little weird to me about his pitch, though, is, and I don't know if he's just in salesman mode or if he literally has a blind spot. And sometimes it's the same thing. Yeah. Sometimes you have to have a blind spot to do things that that are new, because if you saw everything, you wouldn't do it, you know, yeah. and there's value in that. And sometimes there's danger in that. But when I hear him talk about, um, it reminds me of the Ouya CEO where she talked about, Oh, I want to bring gaming back to this, the single screen, the, you know, I'm like, but that hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah. If, if, if you play the switch, there's tons of games to play on the switch and the PlayStation and the Xbox and PC that I, you know, you can play overcooked, you can play moving out you, or moving day, whatever the fuck it's called. There there's tons of uh, gang beast, human fall flat. There's tons of let's sit around and just laugh ourselves silly. Cause we're having fun and anybody can play that. I just, I don't understand what that is with Tommy. I don't know if he really believes what he's saying or he's like, that's just my angle in because it's a good pitch and it is a good pitch. But I, if he can make a party in a box, it's going to be great. What do you think he's got to do um, to differentiate the way that people look at this console? Like, It how has are... to be the games. It, yeah. it, it has to be... Holy shit, man. Moon Patrol is fucking the shit. It is awesome. It has to be. He showed me a game they were working on, which was like, um, I think you use the microphones to sort of say words backwards or it was really fun. It was a really strange, unique mechanic I hadn't played with. If it becomes like the thing that families and friends and college kids are like, yeah, I know PlayStation's amazing, but look at this fucking thing. All we do is get drunk and get high and play this all weekend long because it's so fucking stupid and fun. You know, yeah. that's what a good party game does. Yeah. So to me, it's got to be the software. It has. It, there's nothing. There's nothing wise about me saying that. It's always the software. Yes. But it's got to be a consistent launch and a consistent pouring of software after of things that don't just feel like cheap mobile phone games, but they feel like these are these are tower falls there's like it's a box where you can only play the next 10 tower fall type phenomenons yeah yeah do, do you think he needs to be putting it in, i mean i know that the the goal is to have it in stores that 
gamers don't necessarily gravitate towards to find yeah. their games. Do you think yeah. that that's going to be a key ingredient to this thing succeeding? Well, I think I think you have to do that. I think yeah. it's great. He's, Trade on the nostalgic brand and well, and 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 you know he's cozying up to the brands. Uh, you know, uh, I didn't know who JoJo Siwa was until he fucking told me who she. You know, the the fact that he's kind of in the weeds with with the family brands that he's talking to Walmart and he's yeah. in with Target. He's going on the Ellen show to promote it. I mean, he that that if you go if you go out to E three and say come play Shark Shark, wait in line to play Shark. No. Yeah, I'm, you know, but that's OK. It doesn't mean it's not worthy. It just means that I, I think he's doing the exact right thing. He's got to get those people. Yeah, um, I think gamers, I have people on my stream all the time. They will only play AAA. They want nothing to do with indie, nothing to do with mobile. You know, yeah. the Amico, they wouldn't scrape off their shoe if they stepped in it, you know, in, in yeah. the park. Right. But that's not. That's not what who they're need. selling it to. That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. Um, And so I think really the best thing, though, is you can't launch it with crap games. Yeah. And that, that proof has not been revealed yet. Right. I've played some of the games. They're definitely, and this was a long time ago. This was a, over a year ago. And they were like, okay, there's definitely a lot of potential here. You know, there's some cool stuff he's working on, but until the games come out and you start hearing people talking, dude, we played all weekend on this, on shark shark. It's yeah. just fucking great. Yeah. Um, that's, it's gotta be that, or it's not going to work. You know, the last thing that could have, done that but it was tethered to these consoles was rock band i think that if yeah, rock band yeah. had come out and you could buy the the uh the controller separately and they just hooked up to your tv they didn't have yeah. to do any kind of console integration or anything I we'd think so. still be freaking out about rock band yeah i'd like to play rock band again but i'm not going to go through all the trouble of buying a used rock band set oh, fuck yeah that. i mean you, you know? even say the words rock band to people that were there during any of that and that's immediately what comes up but then it's it's lost to time because it's tethered to technology that we know intrinsically we're going to be phasing out, you know? That's right. And I guess that's what they're trying to say, too, with Intellivision, right? Like, it's it's not really about being hip technologically. It's just no. about access. That's right. That's yeah. absolutely right. And, and I, I like I said, the vision is great. And yeah. Tommy is great. Tommy is a force of nature that... Yes. You um, never count this guy out. Every crazy no, idea and, and he's look, got, and, he does it. If he fails at this... You're going to see a bunch of people lining up to sort of, you know, write the obituary. Yeah. And it's like our culture is shit with failure. If Tommy fails, guess what? He learns and gets up and tries something else. That's totally. how you do shit, man. Yeah. Um, but I hope it doesn't fail. I think there's a great heartbeat there, but it's got to be the games, man. And so far, nothing he has put out to the world has made people go, holy fuck. Yes. It's yes. just like, okay. That breakout well, demo was pretty cool. The Moon I Patrol think, demo was pretty cool. I think that that um, there is this ubiquity with a lot of you know sort of multiplayer local type content out there, but you really have to find it. You have to look for it. And yeah, to your point earlier about all of us journalists talking about the AAA, we're also busy playing Last of Us Part Two, which is such a solitary, wonderful experience. We're not talking about moving out. You know, right, although right. I did talk about it on CNN, which is an interesting point, right? Like they reached out to me wanting to know about this quirky game about moving oh, there you during go. the pandemic. Um, but I think that curation ingredient within television might be a secret to it. As I, well. I, I think so. Yeah. If, if they can get it. Absolutely. And, and right. let me ask you, do you feel the games that you've seen and played right now are are going to be able to deliver 
an experience that's going to make a difference? Or is it going to feel like a bunch of cell phone games in a box? I played stuff that I thought was really entertaining. 100%. Okay. I, I think the, the, the trick that is going to have to be a part of this all the way along. And this has been true for every kind of accessible game that we've had all the, all the way through this business is you need to hand a controller to uh, someone that doesn't play, whether that's a parent or a grandparent yep. or, you know, a kid that just doesn't care about video games. And you need to accurately convey why they should play. And then you should see that spark in their eyes that they're going to want to continue to play. Absolutely. And that they're going to have fun. And that is the only way that Amico succeeds, right? It's it's about like sharing that with non-gamers. Yes. And, and they and, go, and, oh, and yeah, hearing people this. Hearing people talk about it. It's like, you yeah. know, that's that word of mouth for that kind of product is is huge. I think it's a little expensive too, frankly. But yeah, you know. and, and that is not easy. You know, oh, I know. Oh, I that, know. That that ingredient, like I, I've been that guy that's handed everybody instruments in rock band and then watched everybody press the buttons. Oh and, yeah, and I've been that guy for crazy. twenty some twenty fucking years. Yes. You right. know, uh, how do I jump? How do I? Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> right. We I, actually everybody on this stream is that person as well. So yeah. if the Amico is that conduit, if is that super easy bridge, which Nintendo I think does a really good job with getting us like seventy five percent of the way there. But, you know, they've also kept te up technologically and with complexity. Yeah. And uh, But they're really good. Like, they put simple modes into Mario Kart, and they, they put yeah. little guides into some of the Mario games. They're really good at onboarding people into this I business. I agree. Totally but, agree. But then they're really stretched out in a bunch. They have a bunch of different categories, which are, you know, leaning heavier into the gamer crowd. But Amiibo right. is, or Amico is not about that. It's really just like, right. you know, stuff you would understand in the real world, but here you get to play it interactively right. on a video game system. Ryan Landy says, how was the Amico controller? Um, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I mean, I, I, I think Tommy's a little nostalgia blinded with that touchpad. It's fine. It works. I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessary. Um, I like what they're doing with the cell phones though. How you can turn yes. a cell phone into a controller is really cool. So you weren't um, an Intellivision guy when you were growing up, were you? No, I wasn't, but most people weren't. I wasn't I mean, either. I was an Atari guy. Yeah, so, I mean, there's yeah. a reason Atari won and that that design, to some extent, even though it's a nub now, is still what it is. And that, you know, nobody wants to, you know, you might as well play on a fucking, let, let's put it this way. The, the whole point, of, and I, I'm not going to say it because I don't know if Tommy's talked about it, but I loved when I asked him, well, how am I going to play on a touchscreen on a phone? And he showed me, I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah. You know, um, but the very nature of needing a peripheral to play all i'm saying is i don't want to play on a fucking touchpad it's yeah. just i don't want to do it but it wasn't ryan laney's serious though it wasn't a problem it was absolutely not i didn't i didn't play going oh this is terrible it's just it's kind of you know holy cow peter kakasar <laughs> has decided to come in and drop some ducats and join isn't that awesome let me Thank tell you, you peter well, Thank yes you. peter you now not only get to be a member <laughs> of victor's basement you get to live for a week Rent free in Victor's basement. You see the cabinet back there? Yes. You get to live under that cabinet inside, <laughs> and Victor will throw some meat and some, you know, Pepperidge Farm cookies to you a couple times a day. Welcome, <laughs> Peter. You're going to love it here. 
I, Smells I, uh, like cheese, but it's not bad. I am incredibly grateful to all of the members that are out there. This is this is awesome. Thank you, Peter. Peter actually uh, submitted a video for our end of the year award pieces, and that was oh, awesome. Okay. We had a great nice. time with all that. Uh, let's see. I got another question here uh, from uh, Jesus Tostado. Uh, do you both see a resurrection on double A 3D games? I or see only what he did there. Games? Jesus and resurrection. What? Sorry, what? <laughs> do Do we see a resurrection of double A triple uh, of 3D games, or on, is that only going to be applicable to 2D games? Oh no, we're already seeing it. I mean, you you know, the the funny thing is, Jesus. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I can't help it. Your name is Jesus. Listen, <laughs> or maybe it's Jesus Tostado. It could I like be. this. I like this Jesus, and my fantasy okay. is Jesus. But anyway, um, you know, the funny thing is, you talk to a lot of people who only play console games, and they really think they're in the know. And I, and I understand because I didn't play um, uh, a lot of PC games when I was exclusively doing stuff for Sony. I was a console guy. Yeah. And when I left Bartlett Jones, I took with me the beefiest computer I could get from the office and I started spending more time in the PC space and not just Steam, but things like good old games, itch.io. Uh, itch there is so much out there. My favorite game of 2020 is a game called Ultra Kill yeah. um, from New Blood, which has a brilliant game called Dusk, which is a brilliant shooter. Yeah, Those yeah. are all 3D. Um, they're all, you know, into the screen, have the experience. They just don't have the crazy budgets, but boy, are they fun. Uh, Ultra Kill is like Devil May Cry meets Vanquish meets Adderall. Wow. I mean, it is insane. They're still in early access with that one, they right? They are, that one. yeah. 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 yeah John, I... John Linneman from Digital Foundry was completely freaking out about that game. He was, it's wonderful. He, yeah, he said it was one of the best games that he played last year. I got to play it this is, thing. Yeah, it, it's, 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 you, yes, please pump it. Give it yeah. some love if you like it. It is... Yeah. It's like nothing else that's out there. But of course, what's the press say? Oh, oh, this, the, the, let me tell you something real quick, Victor. Then I, I got to take my kids to a, uh, a, 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 a sleepover. Yeah. COVID free. They're intense outside. They're distance. I wouldn't do that. They're not going into, you know, we're very safe here. Good. Um, but let me tell you something. Um, Again, I'm playing The Last of Us Part 2. I'm enjoying The Last of Us Part 2. I think there's some great moments so far in that game. I am not shitting on that game. Yeah. But the fact that it's just the de facto assumption, best writing, The Last of Us card, you're awarding a writing award to cutscenes is what you're doing. How about, how about if you're giving a game award, Jeffrey, uh, or Dice, or <laughs> anyone? How about you actually maybe consider awarding it to someone who writes for the medium? Did you play the campaign of Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War? Uh, yes. You get to the end with all the yeah. doors dropping from the sky. Yes, yeah. That's interactive writing. That's the game folds itself around your actions, even though, yes, there's a path it wants you to go on. If you just play, the game has your back and it has your back in interesting ways. Yeah, yeah. Where is that applause? Where's the applause for If Found, a game that you play from Annapurna with a fucking eraser? And it tells us a very heartfelt, warm story about a trans kid. Have you Where's... talked to Keely about this stuff? I, I, I can't. No, am... no. I just make videos, you know. I, I, mean, I don't. 
Keely, Keely is flying high on success. He doesn't need me to come in there and say me, me, me. But so I have this... my own award. Hey, uh-uh. I have my own awards. Okay. I really do. They're called the Yoshidas. I gave out a bunch of them in, in last year. Yep. Um, I'm giving out more next year. They're based on Shohei Yoshida. I have a little virtual statue, which is the Oscar with his head That's right awesome. stuck on it. And I give awards for real shit, like best pacing in a game, best interactive writing in a game. Um, best art direction, which guess what? Best art direction does not mean the prettiest game. Yeah. Best art direction means the game that has a look that is not only interesting, but fits the interactivity of the piece. Anybody, not anybody, but how hard is it these days to throw a bunch of money at something and make it look good? Make it look total real. Right. Right. But yes. Yeah. To take something that is truly unique to the experience. That's mm. best art direction. Yeah. I've been on these panels, man. I was on the dice panel for years for like game director. You may or may not be surprised, Sir Victor, to know that I shit you not. These are big directors. I can name them and you go, wow, she said that. He said that. None of us could even agree what the, we were voting for. Yeah. I was people were saying at the time, I think there was an Uncharted game. It was Uncharted three or something. Someone's like, well, that should get best direction. And I said, why? It's 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 a third game in a series. It's good, but it's what do you so but look at the production? It was so big and it was so to to bring all that together. So to that person, that's best direction. Right. To me, I was like, well, look at Gone Home. Gone Home tells this very rich, interesting story with nothing but level design. That's best. You know, it's and I'm not saying anyone's right or wrong. Yeah. But how can we take these awards serious? and actually say we're celebrating the medium. No, we're Dude, celebrating. This is why we're it's celebrating. Incredible. We're celebrating the marketing is what we're celebrating. Yes, but so, I, I think we, we we can't diminish the impact that a game like Gone Home or The, La the Last I, of Us Part Two. I don't diminish it, but, but it gets diminished when you only award the yes, things yes. that are big budget and, don't, and coming from people who don't genuinely understand the medium. Yeah. Why would you give why would you give Last of Us 2? Now again, I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. There's a moment in that game when Ellie comes to Joel's house and she picks up the picture and it's his daughter from the first game. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's great. That's happening in interactivity. That's something I experienced. That was awesome. But other than that, so far, it's beautifully written, but it's cutscenes. You're gonna give that best written game? It's a game. How about give it to something that understands the medium of interactivity? Yeah. I, I totally hear you. Uh, it it wow. was my favorite game of last year, and yeah. and it was. I'm saying best writing. Well, it was it was incredible writing, and it was it was powerful. You know, as I was playing it, I was feeling the emotions and going okay, through it, yeah. and and walking away in disgust at some of the choices, and then coming sure. back and then having the game haunt me. But I I think what you're really underlining is your value as someone with a very unique perspective who has built so much of this content, choosing to spend their time to dissect this business and to talk about it honestly and to dive deep into controversial, you know, subjects and topics, probably stuff that you were doing behind the scenes that we yeah, never knew about before. And now you're you're doing that with everyone, plus you're including people through throughout this business in part of that dissection and part yeah. of that discussion it's fun it's, man Super it's wonderful fun. though man yeah. it's it's incredible and it's needed and you can get that every night along with blue <laughs> waffle stories and all kinds of cursing and sexy time <laughs> over on the jaffe stream but whatever does, it's called. does this mean that you making games is is done i have no idea i mean i don't i don't i don't 
the one thing I say when people ask me that, which is absolutely true, is if the, if the right opportunity presents itself, and really what that means is if the right group of people want to work with me, yeah. like if Shannon says, I'm leaving Google, Jaffe, let's make a game in a heartbeat. I, I, I just think she's a great producer and I know I'm in good hands. Whatever vision I come up with, I know is going to be improved and actually have a great chance of succeeding because she is driving the engine that I am designing with the team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's just like, Hey, come to Ubisoft in Montreal and direct far cry seven, not that they would ask me to, because yeah. I made a video about how it's a company filled with sex predators and stuff, but, um, and it's gotten better. They've gotten better. Yeah. They've made some serious changes as they should, but I mean, I'm amazed at how much these stories are coming out. The fact that the guy at the CEO of riot, was just sued last week for $10 million by his assistant oh, for man. basically saying, come over to my house. I'll make you come. And I'm like, wow. dude, this was, you guys were already in trouble for being a terrible frat boy, sexist company. What are you doing? But anyway, um, if, if, if it was just like that, I'm, I'm having so much fun doing what I'm doing now. Um, you know, and, and that really underlines your, uh, your comments about it being a, a practical sort of, business and just yeah. treating it like there there is a uh you know like it's it's creative work but it's hard work and you can't just smell your own farts and believe everything you no know, and, and i'll tell you something yeah and for all of these motherfuckers who sit around and it's like oh haha jaffe your last game failed you had to shut your company down you know what bitch it mm -hmm. sure did but guess what we never fucked anybody yeah. And we never touched any of our employees tits and boobs and told them right. to come over to my house and they can, right. I could come in their mouth. So you know what? I win. <laughs> I think I win. Well, you win by taking that chance too. That's what people Not that coming are... in their mouth. That's <laughs> aiming baby. That's, I, <laughs> no, I, no, no. By know... trying to build something. That's what people that are oh, you yeah. know, quick yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to sit back and, and criticize. And, and, and honestly, I, I hurl this accusation a lot across the bow of YouTubers and, and, and Twitch streamers out there. It's much easier to turn on the camera and complain than it is to go out and try, you know, and to go out and try, try and even fail. You know, yeah. it takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of optimism and it takes uh, a lot of talent. But I will tell you that turning on the camera and complaining besides being a lot of fun, it's a lot of work too, but it's it fun. Is. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the, you know, I, I, not until I've done this for three years, which I've been doing this on and off for three years now, have I realized how much, uh, and I made an apology video, uh, Kyle Bosman, you know, Kyle, yep. is it Bozeman, Bosman? Bozeman. Yep. Um, so he kind of took the piss out of, uh, drawn to death and yep. I was kind of annoyed and I went on stage with Colin and Greg and I'm like, you know, I didn't say fuck that guy, but I was like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. And you know, his fan base wasn't happy and anything like that. And, uh, but it wasn't until I started doing this that I was like, okay, I get it now. It, it, it's, you have to reach your audience and you're making your own product and you don't, I'm never mean, but I want to be honest. And, and sometimes when you're honest, it's going to rub people the wrong way. Kyle was right. My game was not on people's radar and that hurt because I wanted it to be, because I loved it and I still love it, you know, but um, you know, that, that, so I, so just turning on a camera and complaining, if you really love this medium, which I love this medium right now, it's more than that. Jesus Christ, the VR grid drops a five spot. He says, look, more because <laughs> there's no he's way. He's already this has been given monetized. us a super chat before. Shout I, out to Mr. Lucas, Mr. <laughs> Javi. 
<laughs> Dude, I gotta I gotta record you doing all of these monetization blasts. Absolutely. You're very good at that. Oh, it's <laughs> paying you money to sit and talk. I love it. I'm amazed how many fucking streamers don't engage with their chat. You have you have you have an interactive television, motherfucker. Talk to these people. They're showing up. Anyway. All right. Last uh, everybody's question. Everybody's concerned about the amount of uh, foul yeah, language in this, but I love well, it. I, I, I knew what I was in for. I already warned my daughter that she That's can't right. watch this stream. Yeah, let me let me tell you something if you're watching, okay? Yep. I am LGBT friendly. I am progressive. I am uh I want to I think Black Lives Matter. I voted for Biden. I'm a good guy. I don't I don't like pure capitalism. But you know what? Yeah, I say fucking shit and damn and cunt and motherfucker. Wow. Who does You know, that's my crime. How about yeah. the fact, you know, let me give you a news flash. The people who don't talk that way do talk that way. They're just not letting you hear it because they're trying to take money out of your goddamn pocket by right. convincing you that they're just like you. Right. So you should go for honest people, people. Don't go for this bullshit. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. I love it. Dude, that was incredible. And uh, I definitely want to have you back again. Anytime. Um, and I want to have you on as well. I would love it. And you okay. guys all need to sign up with David's uh, YouTube channel. It's just David Jaffe. Or... If you, okay, so if you go, the best way to get me, uh, I need to get a website so everything links there. But right now, if you go to at David Scott Jaffe, J-A-F-F-E on Twitter, yep. it's easy to find me. And if you go to YouTube and just type in David Jaffe, you'll see my channel pop up. Awesome. Keep up the great work. Thank and, you. Uh, We're streaming tonight. We're doing Blue Flame, Blue Fire. We're giving games away. We're doing movie night tomorrow night. Uh, one of the movies is free. Anybody can get in. And then Monday, we're actually playing a brand new video game that students made. We're going to get to judge it and critique it and either hate it or love it. So hopefully I'll see some of you guys online. Dude, what a long and winding road this has been for both of us. And we both end up on YouTube. <laughs> Isn't that the best? What the fuck happened? Unless, unless they cancel us, then we'll go to Twitch or, we'll yeah, go to or whatever. So. That was awesome, brother. Thank you so much. Thank That's you, Victor. David Jaffe, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this. We will see you very soon with a brand new podcast. And make sure you tune into our rundowns. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you soon. Until then, play forever. All right. That was fun. That was super fun. <laughs>